Last year, around like right before Christmas time, sorry, I'm kind of out of shape. I'm just walking out here. <laughs> you walked from there to here. I know, I lost, my, here. <laughs> I lost my breath. Maybe it has something to do with a baby. Baby? Huh, what? Like, <laughs> here, let me say that. Me say that You're never supposed to acknowledge that a woman is pregnant. Ever, under any circumstances, because you could be wrong, right? So, like, my wife is at the hospital, and she was in line getting food in the cafeteria, and she witnessed this exchange. Oh, when are you due? It's a tumor. Okay. This really is a baby. <laughs> um, so... We, I went with some people out of Cambridge to on like a mission trip in West Virginia. And the goal was when we went to um, really be the hands and feet of Jesus, but also to just display the power and the love of God. And we saw many, many miracles, still some that, um, like, if you ever see God do something crazy, like, I still question, I'm like, I try, my mind tries to talk myself out of the fact that it actually happened, like, um, rationalize it and be like, oh, yeah, maybe that wasn't really, you know, but, but it's true, we experienced many unbelievable miracles while we were there, and one of which was we were in this, I think it's called a hollow well, I think it's called a hollow, but they call it a holla because of their accent. <laughs> so I don't really know. But um, we, were, we were in that part in the mountains, and there was a few scattered houses. And I was um, probably overly precautious because I was like, I don't know if we should be here because there's, like, no trespassing signs. And... We had some of the fire department tell us, like, if you go up that holler, you're not going to come back down because, so I'd, yeah, I had seen, like, the hills have eyes and stuff, so I was, like, really scared. <laughs> I was like, Lord, why did I watch these movies? <laughs> so I, I'm in there, and the team splits up into two groups. So it was, like, two groups of six, probably. And one team went to one house, and then my team saw this little trailer at the end of the mountain, and it had, like, a pit bull chained up, and it had a no trespassing sign, several posted. And it just looked like it wasn't, like, a good place for us to stop, logically. But there was something inside of us that just kept pulling us to this home. And... So, my friend Jason decided to be the sacrifice, and he went first. <laughs> he was very zealous in the Lord back then, so he still is, but he was like, all right, I'll go, you know, no matter what happens, happens. And so he goes and he knocks on the door, and a man answers, and we tell them we're there to give out food, gloves, things for the winter, um, because I don't know if you guys know, but West, that county, um, McDowell County, is the poorest in the nation, one of the poorest. 
And there's some people don't even have running water. Like you don't even have to travel outside of the country to find people that you can really help in that kind of way. Also, Caroline County, where I grew up, is another place. Um, so anyway, we we tell him that, and he's like, "Well, let me get my girlfriend who lived there. I guess it was her home." And she came to the door, and we explained to her again, reiterated that we had brought like these things, and asked her if there was anything that she could use prayer for. And at first she was kind of hesitant, and then we were like, we noticed that she just had like this uh, despair on her face. And so we encouraged her, we were like, well, you can come outside, we don't need to come inside or anything. We are trying to be like super um, stealth-like, not religious, where they're like, but it's hard. It's I can't say when people knock on my door and they're like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about Jesus." I'm gonna be like, "Can you get out of here?" Because like I, Jesus has been here, and uh, a lot of people are like that, you know. So thank God that she was even open enough to receive us and have us minister to her, but. She came outside, and we began to just pray kind of on our own, but collectively putting our hands on her, seeing what God was going to say. And I noticed around that time I had been reading um, Sean Bolt's book, Translating God. So I had been really, like, pushing myself to kind of come out of the box and face some fear. Take some risk. Yeah, take some risk. And as soon as I stepped on the porch, I noticed that I had had a picture in my mind and heard in my mind apple dumpling. And I was like, that's really random. And that's something that Sean would talk about. If, like, you have things that, like, pop in your head, you need to pay attention to them because sometimes it's the Lord showing you something. A lot of times we're just like, oh, we just ignore that. And so... They all started praying for her, and I was standing in front of her. And then all of of a sudden, I felt it again, only this time it was stronger, and it was like apple dumpling. And then I just felt that feeling that Tim talks about, where it's like, it's just like all or nothing. You just know that you know that you know, okay, I need to do something with this, no matter how crazy it seems, or I am going to not be able to live with the fact that I said no to God about this. So then I started processing, thinking of what my husband always used to say, you're never going to see these people again, so. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, Amber, just, just, uh, just go ahead and say it. And so I told her, I was like, this may seem really crazy, but I keep hearing the phrase apple dumpling over and over since I've stepped on this porch. And at that point, she lost it, like crying, and I started crying, and I didn't even know why she was crying. I just knew that God had just used me as a pathway to tell her something. I had no idea what it meant, but he had just used me, and I just felt like probably the presence of God, the the strongest that I've ever felt in my life, and that's one of the moments that I... It's like a pivotal moment where I just knew, okay, that's what prayer ministry, that's, the, that's what it can look like. And it's, it was just amazing. But she told me, 
after she was done crying that the night before she had been laying on her bed and she had just got a diagnosis about her lungs from smoking and like other malnourishment issues and she had issues with her lungs. They thought she had lung cancer. She was worried about that and it was the anniversary of her son's murder and he would have been 19 years old that day. And he, his nickname from the time he was born till that day was Apple Dumpling. And she had prayed to God and she had asked him, God, if you're real, you need to send me a sign to let me know that you're real and to, and to give me some hope. And I was just blown away when I heard that. And not only did he do that, but after that, um, we were praying for her physical health. And um, when we began to pray, she, she said that she had felt a physical, like something physically get up off of her chest and leave off of her shoulder and had moved out of her body. And she was very shaken by it, almost fearful in a reverent way, like she didn't understand what she was experiencing, and we totally believe that God completely removed that cancer or whatever that was from her body. So that was the story, and it really was an amazing story, and it it really taught me um, a lot about the nature of God. We even had another person who was healed completely of a back injury from a word of knowledge, and then we asked him if he wanted to receive Jesus, and with tears in his eyes, he said no. (laughs) And I was like, really? And God was like, I knew he was going to say no. You know, so sometimes, yes, I knew he was going to say no. He's not ready yet, and that's fine. God's the whole, God, I'm convinced especially from having Bill Vanderbush here and the things that I've been studying that and what I believe Paul was seeing was that um, life is not about coming into a I'm okay and I need God less and I'm able to fulfill this more but that I'm, I'm so wrecked and enamored by how good he is and he keeps wrecking my box of how good he is over and over and over and over and over again until the point where you just like you fall recklessly in love with him because you're like I don't know what to do with you you're just your love is wild and it is